How is everybody doing? And welcome back for another Strength Chat episode. Today, I've got a Strength Chat veteran for you all. He was a part of the Powerlifting Roundtable a couple, a couple of episodes ago. He's a powerlifter, he's a coach, and he's now the head of the strength and conditioning at Oldham Rugby League. Today, I'm joined by the one and only Dan Bedford. How are you doing? Hi, mate. I'm really good. Thanks for having me on again. Appreciate it. No, no worries at all. Um, I know, obviously, um, you know, a, a few a few episodes have passed since we, since we last spoke. I'm sure a lot has changed. Well, a lot has changed in terms of what you what you're doing with you, with yourself. Um, but how are you? What's been happening in your world recently? Yeah, there's been a few changes uh, more more recently than anything else. Um, I personally shifted away from competing in powerlifting for a little bit following COVID. Um, I obviously, like many of us, didn't have access to a gym over that period. Uh, dived back into a little bit more cardio-based stuff, started enjoying it again, uh, started going out with a ball, and then, yeah, it kind of snowballed from there. I uh, I ended up signing for an amateur club locally to me. I played a few games and got picked up again to play semi-pro. Um, so I went back playing semi-pro. I went down to, to Coventry Bears. I got picked up down there. Uh, ran through the pre-season. I had no idea what to expect. I'd not played for, I'm going to say, five, six years, really. I'd, I'd probably barely even touched a ball. I'd certainly not done much running. So I didn't know how fit I would be, um, especially given that I'd had a lot of previous injuries. So... I made it clear from the start that I'd, uh, if I got through the pre-season, I'd, uh, I'd give it a go. Uh, and I did. I came through it pretty well. Um, gave a good account of myself through pre-season. Uh, and then in the friendlies, gave a good account of myself in those games. Um, unfortunately, it just became a bit too much of a pain travelling up and down there. Three, three, four times a week. It was like six, six hour round trips. Um, which, you know, when you're trying to work full time and you've got a lot of other stuff on is, is difficult. Um, so I ended up pulling away in the end and just sticking to amateur. And, uh, and, I've, and I've been at that since, still playing. Um, uh, we'll probably be playing again this summer if, if I find the time to squeeze it in. Um, and then, yeah, f- following that, I've, I've still been very much involved in powerlifting from a coaching perspective. Uh, in fact, my emphasis has shifted probably way more over that way uh, for powerlifting at the moment, definitely. Um, got a great stable of lifters at the moment. They're, you know, international level lifters that are doing great things and a, a load of guys who are some, some new, some just coming through and some absolute veterans as well. So I've got a really good group that I like coaching at the moment uh, and my focus is mainly on them. Uh, and then, yeah, as you just mentioned, I was given the opportunity to uh, take an SNC role at Oldham Rugby League, who are currently in, in League One, um, as, a, as a part-time role. I say part-time, it's actually quite a lot of hours, <laughs> uh, <laughs> more than anticipated. But um, I, a few of the players that I play with at my amateur club have signed for them this season. So there's some familiar faces. There is actually some lads there who I've played with in the past, and, and I know some of the coaching staff as well. Um, so I've, sl- I've slotted in really well. Um, I think compared to what they've been doing in the past down there, um, I've brought a lot to the table for them. And uh, yeah, pre-season friendlies are coming up and the season's going to start soon. So yeah, I'm just diving into that at the moment. Oh, nice. Plenty of things to, to keep you busy then. Because I, oh, yeah. I know we spoke before and you had played rugby league um, uh, sort of before, that was before you started getting into powerlifting, wasn't it? I think I remember rightly from what, from what you said before, yeah. Yeah, so my, my background was in rugby league predominantly. Um, I didn't start until I was about 13 years old, uh, so I started quite late. Um, I played amateur for two, two, three years, and then I got picked up by uh, by Sheffield Eagles to, to go down and have a go for them in, in the championship. Uh, I signed my first contract at 16 for them and played my first first team game at 16 as well. Um, I stuck with them until I was about 20 uh, when I went to university. And uh, I then moved to Rochdale Hornets at 20 because it was closer for commuting. Played for them for two years. Uh, got to play some really cool games there. Played against Fiji in, uh, in a World Cup warm-up game. And uh, I played some really good stuff. And then, uh, yeah, and at that point in my career is when I, the injury started uh, coming thick and fast. I tore my PCL um, playing in a game which um, it took me nearly nearly a year, to be honest, to come back from fully fit. Um, in that time, I just played, I played games for university and 
I went on to play for Great Britain students um, and won all the books championships with uh, Liverpool John Moores University. Uh, but following following that, I never really went back um, to semi-pro, pro level. I did get asked on multiple occasions, but as I finished university and I was more concerned about the uh, the massive debt that I was in and uh, <laughs> earning some money, uh, that certainly took uh, took priority. So when I when I came home, I um, I was still training in the gym. I'd done a little bit while I was at university. I actually did a strongman competition uh, whilst I was there over in Liverpool. I did Merseyside Strongest Man and absolutely loved it. Um, uh, I just found that I was generally quite good at strength sport as soon as I, as soon as I got involved in it. But um, I didn't really know which direction I wanted to go uh, at that point with it at all. And then when I moved home, uh, I started training at a gym just locally in Huddersfield um, called Top Bodies. And there was just a few guys in there that were powerlifters that had competed, approached me, asked me if I wanted to dive in. And again, um, me being me, just kind of snowballed from there. I dived in with both feet, um, had a go, um, and immediately, immediately got off to a good start. Uh, you know, first competition, I broke a load of uh, regional records, went on to the British and podiums, first time out, um, and then got invited to IPF Worlds the, the following year, like um, within my first year of powerlifting and placed placed in the top 10. Um, and then, yeah, I just kind of carried it on from there, moved up a weight class, tried to repeat the process, um, regionally broke a few more records again, um, podium began at the British in, in, a, in a higher weight class, um, and then again, a few more injuries got in my way. I uh, ruptured my bicep tendon and I had to have that operated on. Um, but I came back from that. I went to the Commonwealth Championships, uh, got a gold and a bronze medal overall over there. And then that was 2019 at the back end. And then following that, that's when we had COVID. So um, I haven't I haven't actually competed since 2019. And that, that was my last one. Um, and since then, obviously, it's been more rugby orientated. Um, still 100% train a lot like a strength athlete um, and I still like to keep my toes in there just in case I ever <laughs> feel like having uh, having another go but um, it's very difficult trying to combine the two is what I would say yeah definitely it's mad to think that you said two, it's not 2019 isn't actually that long ago but when you think about those two years in the middle of COVID you just think it's completely wiped out like sport powerlifting just everything everything wiped out and when you said there what I find because I stopped playing as as much rugby. I mean, I only I only ever played, you know, local rugby. Played when I played when I went to uni, um. But then, as you'll know, with the the hours that you work as a coach, as, as a PT, can't always c- commit to training, and then you get you get stuck in with with powerlifting because you work in a gym. It's going to be easier to train, and you see a lot of people gravitating towards strength sports or powerlifting from other sports. But then sometimes, and especially, I think COVID was a, a big. Um, factor for a lot of people going back to sports that they've not not played for a while how did you find it initially and you've touched on there a little bit with training in terms of balancing you know your strength work the work that you're doing in the gym but then the training that you're doing on you know whatever nights you train match days as well and recovery from there how did you find that that adjustment because especially when you're competing nationally and internationally like what you've done that takes commitment to to get the get those training sessions in yeah, um, it's, it's, I'm not going to say impossible, but I'll be honest, if you want to be very good at both, it's very, very hard. I think it's something, even in my early 20s, I would have probably struggled to do um, from a recovery standpoint. And I ignored that when I first went back to rugby and I tried to maintain squatting two days a week deadlifting a couple of times a week, benching three, four times. And once you get three, four games into a season, that does, it's no longer a thing. You just, you can't do it. Like, and if you do, it takes a, your performance takes a very big knock is what I found very quickly. Um, And they almost kind of cancel each other out. You know, you go too heavy in the gym and do too much volume and you're lifting, you you know, your fitness suffers or your legs feel heavy and you don't feel as sharp when you're playing rugby. So it's, there's like a knock-on effect both ways um, and, it, and it's difficult because they are two kind of different animals really in terms of the styles of training that you're going to do. Um, so I initially, I find it quite hard. If anything, I, I push myself way too hard at the start to try and maintain my strength and also get fit. And I had to just come to the realisation that, look, when, when I was playing rugby at a high level, I had nowhere near this strength level and I didn't need it either. 
um, it wasn't necessarily well. It wasn't necessary for what I needed for the pitch. So uh, I started to look at it from that perspective and make my training more specific again to rugby, rather than trying to cling on to the strength that I had. Because um, it's always nice to be shifting big weight. It's it's yeah. it's it's a cool thing to do. It's why we all love strength sport at the end of the day. And when you see that start to go down, it's especially as a powerlifter if you've competed. It's, it's awful. Um, you don't like to accept it. But I think if you want to be good at any other sports that involve running, speed, agility, anything like that, there is a trade-off at some point. And, you know, those qualities need to take priority over, over your strength. So I started to adjust things to that. I really tapered down my volume on main lifts. I still squat maybe once a week. I'll deadlift probably a lot less just when I feel like it maybe right. once every couple of weeks maybe once every few weeks um but in in place of that will be stuff like cleans Olympic lifts and things uh other barbell stuff that you know isn't quite as taxing um but should have more carryover for the pitch um so I, I've kind of shifted the emphasis to that and then obviously if you're trying to cover a lot of ground you know if, if you're training three times a week rugby like twice on the field and then you've got a game it's a lot of running um mm-hmm. So you, you do have to make that kind of your priority. So that was the main thing that I realised quickly. I needed to shift um, my priorities with training more than anything else. Yeah, I think there's a, there a couple of things from that and you, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, uh, probably a couple of follow-up questions from there is, um, especially when people have done strength sports, you know, deadlifting with a straight bar is, is a big one, whacking on lo- loads of weight. Um, and I know uh, from from footage that you've put out there, there's there's that argument between do you need to be doing um, a straight bar deadlifting or trap bar deadlifting because you touched on it there. You know what what do you need to be strong for? We're not going for you know records or trying to build a total. We just want to be strong enough so we're on the uh, so what we can do on the pitch. And then the other thing is as well is um, probably a lot of people and I know I, I know I found this is you think oh yeah I'm strong enough I'm strong enough for rugby but it's using that strength, so becoming more powerful and agile, and um, being able to do do repeated bouts, especially in rugby league, like yeah. getting back ten meters all the time. Rugby union may be a little bit slower, but um, it's being able to use that that power. So, um, yeah, hopefully those two questions make sense. But what have, what what have you found with those, or what would your advice be? Yeah, so if you can't display it there's not really much point and that's what I'd say and the thing is yeah you could be the strongest guy on the pitch and you might take one really big carry in and it might be impressive but if you're absolutely gassed after that one carry and it's taking you another two three four minutes to recover afterwards and you're missing tackles or you're letting your team down elsewhere it it really is useless it's not doing you any favors whatsoever so that that kind of trade-off um that i've discussed kind of comes back into it there um you know strength will always benefit most athletes i would say 100 but in terms of reaching for like numbers and the total it really doesn't matter when it comes to a field you'll know yourself from playing the guys that are 70 75 kilos that could quite easily upend somebody who's 100 kilos mm. uh, you know because they, they're good at what they do their technique is good they're still strong for their size and they know how to position themselves that's completely different when it comes to a barbell like a barbell um powerlifting itself is so hyper specific um you know you, you do become very one-dimensional in that and there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with it but that by default means most of your time in training is going to be spent with a barbell um, and doing the main lift. You, you literally cannot escape that. You can't. It, it is going to always be the bulk of your training for powerlifting. I know it's become slightly less specific in a lot of ways and a lot of older theories are, are being put to bed. But in reality, it's the, it's the same thing with rugby. Like You're never going to get away from being fit. You're never going to get away from having to wrestle, from having to run and do the conditioning work because that's exactly what you're going to do on the field. So there's, there's, and your ball skills, it's exactly the same. You cannot get away without having a ball in your hand because your skills will be poor. And it's the same thing with powerlifting. It's, it's a skill. Um, as much as it is a strength sport, it's very highly skill-based as well, in, in my opinion. Um, and it's just making, tailoring your training to suit that particular goal. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, definitely. And what 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 are your thoughts in terms of the the straight bar and the and the trap bar? What have you experimented with yourself? And you know, do you have have you have you had clients or people ask you like, oh, well, well, what's better? Or have you had conversations with you know other people that you've you've trained and coached? 
Yeah, so there's there's always a lot of debate around that subject. And I've always said, realistically, in terms of a training tool, the trap bar is easier. You know, you're starting in a more neutral position. Generally, the handles are higher than a barbell as well. And getting people to actually do the movement well is a lot easier than training a barbell deadlift. It, it just generally is. There are people that pick things up quickly. Uh, but in terms of a trade-off and what you're using it for, I think for rugby, the trap bar is just an easier option because you can get it you can get it to a decent standard pretty quickly. Whereas a deadlift, to train it and do it well takes a little bit longer. Um, and what you're going to gain from it from just by loading it slightly in front um, compared to either side, I don't. I don't think there's much of a benefit when it comes to rugby, to be honest. But I also think there's a big enjoyment factor as well. Like, if you like deadlifting, do it. You know, like, and if you and if you've got the skill, do it. You know, if you can do it well, it's the same argument. Um, a lot of people will come up with these days about Olympic lifts and, and other sports. The, you know, it's becoming a thing where people are just saying it's just wasted time because. You're not, you're not doing it efficiently. It takes ages to learn the skill and you could just be doing box jumps or plyos or something else involving triple extension. Um, and to a degree, um, I would agree. Um, but again, if it's a skill you want to learn and you're interested in it and you actually like doing Olympic lifts, then do it. You know, like it, it's going to engage you more with training and it's going to make you focus on something in particular. Um, and I don't think focusing on bumping numbers up as a rugby player is also not a bad thing, you know, you still want to see, even though it's very short, I came into this pre-season and we did some baseline strength testing on the guys, which was very minimal before I came in, but it was something that I wanted to do um, and just set the tone yeah. um, with fitness and strength testing. So I laid out all the tests, we did them, uh, but we only had like eight weeks to oh. to try and put numbers on. And most of the guys at that level already train. Um some some of the younger guys have got a lot of growth to get through yet, which is which is nice. But a lot of the more experienced guys, I mean, there's some of them that actually can't do some of the main lifts to right. test them because they've got previous injuries, etc. So it's almost out the window before you start. And again, it doesn't necessarily affect them on the pitch, but you know, you might have a guy that's had a really bad shoulder surgery or something. He's not going to be doing a bench press one rep max. It's, it's not going to be happening. Um, so you've got to consider those factors as well. But I would say, yeah, it's, uh, it's more about the amount of time you've got as well, because if you set the guys a challenge as well, just purely because they're athletes at the start and you say, right, you've just benched 80 kilos in eight weeks, I'd like to see five to 10 kilos on that. And if you do X, Y, and Z, follow this program when you're in the gym, when I tell you to be, you'll do it. A lot of them really buy into that and they'll still want to get stronger. And then if you can get them into doing that, on their own without you pushing them all the time. Uh, it just, it's just another good habit, in my opinion. Yeah. I think there was a couple of good points in there. There's the, the phrase that was going through my head. It's I think enjoyment plays a big part in, in training. Um, and, you know, it's that thing of you could follow a program that you don't enjoy that's going to get your results, or you can have a not so good program, but you're going to enjoy it and you're going to, you know, get, get those results from there, especially with, you know, powerlifting. You only train, you only train three lifts. So, you know, you've got to enjoy it to be to be able to keep doing that. In terms of the the variety that that, that you've had, uh, especially now, you know, doing cleans and adding in a little bit more uh, conditioning for rugby, how have you found that variety from squat, squat bench and deadlift? Have you, have you enjoyed it? Has it kind of like given you a bit like, oh, I've not done this for a while. Oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I would say with because there's so many different elements of fitness that go into a sport like rugby, you've got to train a lot of quality. So it, it gives you way more flexibility with your exercise selection, really. The, and especially like you say, the conditioning side of stuff and uh, Olympic lifts and movements you wouldn't normally like doing like a lot more weighted carries and sled work and things like that. It's all stuff you can do as a powerlifter, but not as often. Um there are times like I weirdly did not mind just being under a bar like three, four times a week and going in the gym five days a week and just just doing the same lifts. Uh, I think you have to have that element of probably a bit of OCD, to be honest, to uh, to turn up and just do that um, and just do it mindlessly as well, almost like you're on autopilot when you do it. But I, I always absolutely love that. And I don't think there was ever really a period that I got bored of it. Um which you know is a lot is a big reason why a lot of people do walk away from powerlifting because yeah. they find the training so monotonous, and you once you once it starts to get hard as well when you start getting good, 
progress becomes so much harder to come by. You've, you have got to really enjoy getting under that bar if, if you want to keep getting better. It's, it's really a big part of it. Um, so I think, like, in terms of, like, just mental resilience to keep turning up and doing it, they're probably the two sports that are just as hard, to be honest, in, from that respect, because at least with rugby, it's getting mixed up. You'll be on the field one day, you'll be in the gym another day, you've got a game, you've got a lot of other things going on um, and a lot more flexibility with what you're doing. Uh, powerlifting so rigid in how you're training and, and how it's programmed as well. Like you, you can adjust certain things, but in reality, this is what this is what you're doing today. You're going in the gym, you're doing it, and this is your block of training. You're going to go through it and do it. Whereas I'd say sports like rugby and you know football and other contact sports, they're a lot more adaptive because you're going to get knocks, you're going to get injuries, the schedule changes a lot, um, and it's a lot more flexible in general. So I think in their own right, uh, they're both as difficult as each other, to be honest. From from having done both at a decent level, uh, physically, yes, in terms of a game compared to lifting weights, yes, rugby is harder. There, there is no real dispute about that. Um, but the mental toughness it takes to get actually really good at powerlifting uh, and do it at a high level and know how long it takes to get that good, it, it is very, very tough. And that's why you don't see many people do that either. Yeah, I think it is that mindset. I was at, um, I went to a, a strongman seminar with Bill Kazmaier and Ito, and it was, if you ever get a chance to go to one, I'm not, I'm not sure if you've been to one before, but honestly, how he talks about mindset was... Um, honest, I wanted to come out and fight lions. Like he, was, <laughs> he, he spoke, he spoke really well, and he was kind of. He said that's that's what separates it. You know, you've got to have that mindset of, you know, not always being negative and be like, oh no, you, you can't do this or anything like that. Just put that positive reinforcement of, yeah, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get this session done. I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build it up from there. She tells a story of. It was his uh, second World Strongest Man title that he won. And he basically walked in, looked at the World Strongest Man banner, looked at the trophy, looked at the check that they're going to win, turned around to the rest of the competitors and just was like, yeah, that's all mine. Um, and it was that that self-belief in it that he had because he'd done all that work in beforehand. He was kind of like, yeah, I've earned, I've earned the right to get that. Which um, obviously he told it a lot better than what I said there. But yeah, um, I thought that was, I thought that was really good. And one thing that you that you mentioned there is with uh, rugby being uh, the week and change. I suppose as well, probably flipping it to a to a coach's point of view is, um, you know, you might have people coming towards their end of their career or starting, and the the bodies are going to respond to, di to different things. You know, you might not want to you know, get guys who have uh, maybe only one or two seasons left, like how much more are you really going to get out of them on the, in, in the gym when they're performing on the, you know, that's their uh, performance that you want to, that you want to be focusing on in terms of uh, probably touching on the, again, the coaching point of view in terms of robustness and from, from your own perspective, how did you find building up that, um, that conditioning base from just having strength? Because, conditioning is you know what do you want to be conditioned for for powerlifting it's for it's for strength we don't really need you know um long endurance if you like in in, in terms of conditioning how have you sort of programmed that where you work with Oldham but then also how did you start that with yourself getting back into conditioning if that kind of makes sense no no definitely um yeah so obviously the foundations of of the stuff that we do in the gym with these guys uh it's it's been a difficult one with this because in an ideal world you'd have multiple months to work with them um as a pre-season and it's been a very quick turnaround so it's not like we've been able to do specific phases of training as such we've not been able to start with you know like a hypertrophy block and then work towards strength and then work towards speed power which is you know a general kind of process you'd follow and you, you do it however way you want to do it but really we've had to kind of just kind of go for all of them really quick or just amalgamate them all together um for the most part the lads again with them, with them being semi-pro they're pretty good they've actually stayed in the gym none of them really got unfit you know in off season or anything like that they were still in the gym still running so it's just seeing what you've got to work with at that point um the one thing that I've, I, I knew, well, I, I knew it from previous experience with rugby is uh, getting the guys actually conditioned for contact and repeated contact and making sure they're resilient when it comes to being it and landing and wrestling. Because that's that's where most of the problems lie. It's not it's not always really a strength, a strength thing. Um, so there were the stuff that I did in the gym. 
is just to build up strength in general. It's just general strength, really. Um, but the specific stuff that I've been doing with him in the S&C sessions, in terms of the wrestling drills that I've had him doing, look, getting him dragging bodies, getting him carrying each other, getting him learning how to fall with multiple people um, and absorbing you know, landings and stuff like that, that's been probably higher priority um, as well as the cardio fitness and actually being fit for purpose and getting up and down off the ground. Than, than probably the strength stuff, um, to be honest, especially at that level, because the, the impacts are just that bit harder. The guys are that much fitter. They're a bit faster. And, you know, if, you, if you're not up to scratch and you get it by somebody that is, you're going to have a problem. Um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. It's been a challenge because uh, I have an hour with them in the gym when I get there but they only come in in like groups of eight because of the facilities that we've got. So they're quickly getting through this session in, you know, half an hour maybe. Um, And it's just two, two gym sessions a week. They do at the moment, like an upper and a lower split. Um, They're currently in like a, a speed power phase at the moment. So there's a bit more plyo stuff going on and explosive stuff, which is, which is great fun. Um, and then when I get them in a session, we've got an hour usually for, for the field session and I might only get them for, 15 minutes of that session, you know, I might get left or right side or forwards and backs, depending on how the coaches want to split them. And in that time, I've got to do quite a lot of work with them uh, to make sure that they're being conditioned. And it's, uh, it is challenging and you've got to be really quick with how you transition stuff. You've got to think on your feet and make the session suit what the the head coach has got going on as well. Um, But for the most part, my focus has been trying to keep the conditioning side of it as specific as I can to the game. So there has been a lot of repeated sprints. There has been a lot of getting up and down off the ground. There has been a lot of wrestling um, and under fatigue as well. But, you know, we have focused on qualities like speed where we've given like a little bit more rest to make sure that they're doing things well. But in reality, in a game, you're never going to do a perfect 100 metre sprint set off. That that doesn't, unless you're a winger and you happen to catch a ball and you put open <laughs> space, it, it, it never happens. You, you'll always be under fatigue. So a lot of the stuff we do. I would only dream of, of, of that sort of stuff. I wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> I've only run a handful of full lengths in my life. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't even enjoy it by the time I got to the other end. I was knackered. Um, but yeah, it's been really interesting from that perspective. Um, having already gone through all the process myself, it's actually equipped me really well because it's easy for co- S&C coaches to get caught up in what the guys are doing in the gym. Honestly, the field stuff is more important in my eyes, 100%. Like the rugby is more important, but the S&C that you're doing with them should just be complementing the game. It, it shouldn't be taking anything away from it. That's that's what I've seen my job as. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good point. Probably for you know the, the the coaches and the and the trainers you know listening when for powerlifting it's the, probably only the well and, and probably weightlifting is the only sport where you're training is replicating the performance whereas for rugby football what whatever sport you know that's the that's the end result that we're aiming for and in the gym you know we're not trying to make everyone a powerlifter or make everyone a, um, a a weightlifter. You've got to think about what is it they're actually in the gym in, in the gym for. In terms of, because this is something probably, you know, we can maybe touch on this as well about sort of like the misconceptions of um, of powerlifting. But in terms of, you know, your uh, your experience in, in powerlifting and probably more so as, uh, you know, a powerlifting coach, how do you think you found... Um, the knowledge that that you've gained to then be able to implement that in a uh, uh, in sort of a, a sporting context in terms of programming in terms of you know periodization. I know if you said only there eight weeks, whereas with a powerlifter, in theory, you could plan out their entire year of training to be like right, we're going to have a competition here, we're going to peak and all those sorts of things. How do you think you found that in, if there was any adjustment needed? Um, yeah, so I, I, to be honest, a lot of the things that I learned from uh, going into just just pure strength coaching and powerlifting, um, there's a lot of things that I carried over into that environment. Um, predominantly, a bit of a higher focus on technique. If I'm being brutally honest, um, you go into these environments and sports teams, and like, yeah, the guys have been in the gym, and they might say they've been in the gym for years, but obviously, as a powerlifter, we we get so you know, caught up in technique and being perfect. Um, obviously, again, that's not reality either. You don't you don't move perfectly on a rugby pitch either. You know, everybody moves in their own way. Um, but there's certain boxes that we need to take in terms of it in depth on a squat. You know, 
touching the bar on your chest in a bench press, you know, keeping a fairly neutral spine when you're deadlifting and all the rest of it. And then you walk into this environment, guys are just throwing shit about. Like, they just, they don't care. Like, they'll just jump on the bench, they won't warm up, they'll just jump straight under, like, 60, 70 kilos, just bang a few reps out. And I'm like, if I did that, I feel like I'd hurt myself now. Like, which is not good. That That is one thing that powerlifters could probably learn from that environment, that you're actually nowhere near as fragile as you think. Like, yeah. <laughs> powerlifters will spend a good 20, 30 minutes on mobility and prep and everything else to get moving before they load a bar. For the most part, it's probably a waste of fucking time, but um, <laughs> there are specific needs for specific people, so I wouldn't ever oversee it. But yeah, going in and just potentially getting the guys to just do a little bit of prehab work, just a little bit before they start moving, just a bit of movement prep, just, you know, so stuff with, you know, shoulder mobility and things like that, just a little bit of stuff and going in and showing them these things and then getting them to move without less pain because those guys also don't care if they're in pain either. They'll just train anyway. They'll, they'll just do it. And they probably won't tell you either. They'll just, they'll just do it. Um, so getting them moving better and from a technique perspective has been massive for me, actually. And uh, teaching these guys just how to lift correctly, even though the semi-pro athletes, their lifting ability was bang average for the most part. There's a few tidy lifters in there, guys who you can tell have either had some coaching or taken it a bit more seriously in the past. But for the most part, they've just been told in the past, just oh, do some squats, mate. Oh, okay. go get over there and bench do some presses so it's actually been i've had to keep my eye on all of them um and really pull some of them away and make them drop weights and and go through stuff with them but i've, I've really enjoyed that and, and i think they've all taken a lot away from it and i think they'll all benefit from it going forward so that was a big one for the change for that environment um and then yeah probably the way that i program as well um, obviously, it, it hasn't been that way this year because I've had such a short time to work with the guys before we start. And then once you're in season, you're in season. It's more about just maintaining what you've got rather than trying to get any any stronger or push anything because you just need to recover between games and go again. Um, so it's yeah, so that that's been a bit tricky. But in terms of how I thought about the whole process of focusing on you know hypertrophy strength and then going through those phases of training obviously with powerlifting it ends at strength we don't really bother too much with speed or power but um yeah going through that process in the way that i kind of planned it out before i got when i got there i had to change a lot because it wasn't what i expected um which is fine it's not an issue but in my mind um coming from the powerlifting coaching side of stuff it definitely helped me plan that stuff out a lot more concisely than I would have done. Um, so I think I actually gained a lot from that. Obviously, exercise selection and the way that you program stuff is very different. But just my general planning, because like you say, as a powerlifter, you've already pretty much got 12 months planned out. Well, penciled in at least anyway, what you're going to be doing and which competitions you're going to be doing. Whereas these guys, it's like just season, off-season, pre-season, that's it. Did you find, because like what we said there, um, and you, you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier as well of, you know, exactly what you're doing with powerlifting and it's the, it's going to be, it's going to be the same thing, you know, block, block to block. How did you find the, making those adjustments? Cause you have that plan in place and then it's like, ah, right. I need a, need, maybe need a plan B or a plan C. How, how, how did you find that? Yeah, for, so for a lot of the guys, I've just had to throw the fucking book out the window because, <laughs> like you say, you've got all the guys who are like veterans and stuff who've had loads of injuries in the back end of the career, still very, very competent, good players. And, uh, you know, we've got um, an ex-Samoan uh, international at the time this year who played in Super League um, and he's, he's an absolute monster, uh, but he's definitely back end of his career. Watching on the field, you wouldn't know, but in the gym, you're like, oh, could you do this exercise or do this? He's like, no, my knee won't let me do that. Or it'll be, no, my elbow won't let me do that. And it's like, uh, just jump on the bike for half an hour. Like, I don't, you know, like you're so limited with some of them that you've, you have got to get a bit creative as well. Um, and a lot of them as well, um, you know, I think a lot of coaches get attached to barbell work, even uh, in team sports too much. And there are a lot of guys who, you know, like I say, don't really have the ability to perform a very good back squat or front squat. Certainly can't get in a front rack position. Even the safety bar squat's not even really great. So it's just better serve you by putting them on, you know, on a hack squat machine or a leg press or just getting them doing something that's getting a stimulus and or just swapping it in for like unilateral work. So even though I'll have like a program that I kind of send out to most of them, um, it has to be it has to be adjusted a lot. Um 
And but that is quite good to be honest, because I can do that in person, which is nice. I'm not having to try and communicate that, you know, via Excel sheets or Messenger or whatever. I can just literally go through it with them in the gym because I have that direct time with them. So as challenging as it is, it's it's not that difficult because I can just do it whilst I'm there with them. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting that you said there about because you see the players on the on the field and you'd be like, you would obviously you know not everyone sees what goes on behind the scenes. And I always remember um I did a um there, there were Leeds Carnegie at the time when they're in the championship, they've changed the Leeds tight Leeds tights now. But there was a prop there, and I always remember he did a safety bar squat probably like a quarter squat and he couldn't actually like turn his head to turn and talk to somebody he had to turn his entire body. It was a, pr- a prop in rugby union and um, yeah, he'd do like a couple of squats and that would be it. But on yeah. game day, really good scrummager could get around the pitch, but in the gym, he was like even resting um, a safety bar on his shoulders. He was like, that's really uncomfortable. And yeah. it's, I think it's, you kind of, um, uh, yeah, what you see is the end product. Like, I think, um, yeah, hats off to, you know, such as yourself working with guys like this just to get them out on a, um, uh, get them out on a, on a weekend. I always remember uh, I watched the Jamie Peacock documentary and in the gym at back <laughs> because he threw his body around so much, he basically didn't really do much in the gym. But then, no. you know, you see him, uh, yeah, play, play on a weekend and how his career was, you're like, all right, okay, f- fair enough. Um, yeah, with the uh, because obviously as well, um, I can't believe it's taken us this long to mention it. But being in uh, rugby league world, the one thing that I wanted to touch on is, um, I think people who maybe aren't involved in well, number one, we'll ask how that how that came about, but then also, I think people outside of powerlifting have their own misconceptions about powerlifting. And what they think is actually involved, and it's just like you just go into the gym and you just lift really heavy all the time. There's no thought process behind it. Obviously, with the clients that you're working with from regional level up to you know the international lifters that you've worked with, how did how did that come about? And have you kind of uh, from speaking with the people over at Oldham and other people that you've chatted about? Um, do people have misconceptions about powerlifting and actually the the knowledge that you have to be able to? train these athletes and actually get the results on the on the pitch yeah it's uh, it's amazing the different cultures that uh, you know and how and it, we, even between sports like and how they perceive other sports it's uh, it's I think if you've been involved in a lot of different sports for your life, you, you kind of get a grasp of them all and you understand it. Powerlifting is still one of those very niche sports it is growing in popularity but for the most part if you ask most people know what a football or rugby player does, but if you ask them what a powerlifter was, they just they just lift big weights, don't they? And that <laughs> that that is pretty much what you. Oh, they'd be like, oh, is that them that like throw the weight above the head? Like that's pretty much what you get. They think you're an Olympic weightlifter, and that's still a thing. Um, but no, um, the Rugby League World magazine then came around um, a couple of months back. Um, I got a phone call out of the blue, and I had no idea who this guy was. I actually um, put the phone down on him to start with because I thought <laughs> I thought he was messing me about. He, he, the guy that actually wrote the article. Um, and he was like, oh, contact you from Rugby League World and we, we want to do uh, an interview with you. And I went, no, you don't. No. <laughs> I was like, no, you don't. But he, he, he didn't really, I don't think he gave a good account of himself to start with. So I was just like, no, I'm not interested, mate. So I, I put the phone down and I was like, I, I was busy at the time. Anyway, a week later, he, he actually sent me quite a well-written email saying, look, uh, you know, I tried to contact you. It is legitimate. You know, if you want to if you want to look through this, this is what we want to talk about. And uh, I went, actually, uh, do you know what? Yeah, we'll, we'll have a call and we'll talk. Um, obviously, the interview's uh, in their newest episode now and it's online. Um, I think, unfortunately, yeah, you do have to purchase it to look at it. But um, I've been sent out a couple of paper copies, which is quite nice. So I'm going to yeah. keep those. But... Yeah, he really just wanted to know a lot about me um, and my kind of career for rugby, transitioning into powerlifting and then, you know, like yourself, transitioning into this. So a lot of it, obviously, we've already touched on, so I won't I won't repeat myself. But um, I was amazed how much he knew about me, which was really strange. Um, I have obviously competed, played rugby at a high level and competed in powerlifting at a high level, but um, I've never been 
that I've never thought anyway that anybody actually knew that much about my history. And I don't know who he'd been speaking to, but he definitely spoke to somebody who knew me really well because <laughs> he, he knew that I played men's rugby at 14 years old and he also knew that was illegal. So I, I don't I don't know who he'd spoke to, but he, he knew that. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, there was that. And then he knew a lot about my transition from club to club. Um, and then he'd obviously done quite a bit of reading about my powerlifting history as well. Um, so I talked to him through all that and, I think he's predominantly a rugby journalist, so he, he was amazed about it all, to be honest. He seemed to really like the story. And, yeah, I mean, on reflection, um, I, I don't know. It's always just something that I've done. Uh, I've just done what I've felt like doing, so I've never seen it as anything mega impressive or anything yeah. like that. It's just it's just what I've done. And if I've enjoyed a sport, I've been I've been fortunate enough to be good enough to, to do both at a good level. But, yeah, I guess... To kind of represent your country in two sports is is a big thing, and and until he, until I literally saw that written down in that book, um, I kind of thought actually yeah that's that's not not bad not a bad achievement. Um, so it actually made me reflect on it a lot to be honest. Um, you know you, you don't want to be one of those people to kind of blow smoke up your own ass, but I I think I was maybe almost even too humble about it. I didn't really even talk about it to a lot of people. I, I didn't care too much because I just enjoyed both sports. Um, so yeah, he came around through that, and then the and he said, "Oh, we'll be publishing it in the next magazine." And even at that point, I said, "No, nah, I don't think he will." Like, he's he's took this interview, and I think it'll just get run off, and you know, he'll may I might get a little column somewhere in the back, um, but it ended up being like a you know like a two page spread in the middle of it, and uh, he's he's written it very well. The the details that he's actually put in are fairly accurate. Um, a lot of people who don't know much about powerlifting get stuff really wrong. I've had it in the past where articles have been written about powerlifting and they have no idea what they're talking about. Um, but it was written really well. And, uh, and, uh, and yeah, that was, that was a really cool experience. It's, uh, it's something I grew up reading uh, and a lot of my like heroes as players were in there and it's kind of surreal to see yourself in something like that. And it did come out of nowhere as well. Uh, he obviously, I think it came around really through me, uh, being at Oldham um, and then putting out that I was there and they did mention in posts that they put out that I'd been an ex-international powerlifter etc so I think he's obviously grasped hold of it from there and then spoke to people but the fact that they contacted me and wanted to know was was uh yeah a big a big privilege really it's, uh, it's it was a really nice thing to do yeah, it's cool. It's one of those things that I know, obviously, you know, mentioned there, you know, not wanting to, I uh, didn't mention about it for a while, but I think it's one of those things where until you sit back and actually look back on over what you've done, it's a nice thing to have. And it's something to, you know, that you can have, you know, when you look back at it in the future to be like, oh, actually, yeah, that was, that, 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 that was pretty, that was pretty cool. And yeah. with that, because you said, obviously, as in, as in being a journalist, you know, really good that you put the, put the details in there about powerlifting in terms of, you know, rocking up to Oldham, um, knowing you're, you're uh, you know, an, an ex-powerlifter, if you like. Um, what were their thoughts? Were they thinking that, oh, he's just going to get us lifting, lifting real heavy? How was that in terms of the 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 buying? Because even for like, I know obviously you do a lot more um, uh, powerlifting coaching now, but I know I've certainly had it in the past where you're working with with clients, oh, I compete in powerlifting. Oh, I don't want to. I'm not a powerlifter. Like I don't want to be lifting heavy all the time. How did you get buy-in from um, uh, from the from the athletes, from, from from the players, and kind of be like, no, actually, look, you know, we can still use these principles to get where we want to be. Yeah, it it, it was a bit of a, a tough one. Obviously, I'm I'm used to the environment from a playing perspective, but it is my first. I've I've worked with uh, sports teams and stuff in a coaching role before, but not not quite as formal as this. Um, so I was actually a bit nervous going down because you've in that environment, obviously from a playing perspective, it's still tough. You've got to earn the respect of all the players, coaches, and you know it's kind of your actions that carry you through that, and it's not easy. Um, at the end of the day, they, they don't know who you are, and they don't care who you are either. You know, you could you could be one of the best coaches in the world, but they don't know who you are. They don't care. Yeah. Um, so you've still got to earn that right. So. Luckily, I think I got a bit of an easy in because a few of the players already knew me and and, I'd, and I've seen me actually play rugby as well. So they knew that I had a rugby background and I weren't just a weightlifter. Um, so that helped. But yeah, the, the, the comments I got when I first rocked up were, oh, you're that lad that lifts massive weights then. <laughs> and I was like... Well, yeah, oh yeah, but I do a bit more than that. But yeah, um, you're not you're not wrong, um, and yeah, especially like some of the older heads because they've been there and done it and. 
to be honest, I've just tried not to like reinvent the wheel with them. Like I've I've literally made it uh, as as easy as I could um, and make it as as easily digestible for them as I could. I, I didn't try to be too smart with the programming, with the movements. I didn't try to do anything too fancy. I just tried to instill some really good basics in them and just said, look, if you do what I tell you to do, you're going to get bigger, faster and stronger. It's up to you if you want to do it and, you know, and I'll get you there, you know, and I, and my job is to do it and not get you injured. And that's, that's, that's what it's going to come down to. And uh, I had it, um, I don't even think he'll mind me saying, I won't mention his name, but like we had a, a wrestling drill and that was probably where I had to really earn my stripes because I was taking him through this conditioning drill with some wrestling and I was, I was just talking my way through a bit of a grapple technique and some wrestling. And one of the older heads actually came out and went, well, what do you mean by wrestle? And I went, well, you know what I mean by wrestle? And he was like, well, no, no, you're going to have to show us. So I just called him out. I just said, just step out. Just come on, let's let's have it. So I grabbed him, twisted him up a bit, ended up putting him on the ground. I asked him if he wanted to try and escape. He couldn't. I kept him there for a few moments and then left him on the floor. And, you know, I helped him up. And after the session, he came up to me and he was just like, no, I appreciate that. And we, <laughs> there were a little bit of friction there to start with. I don't think I, I don't think I had his respect until, until that moment. And um, it's not something that I really ever like to do. You don't really want to um, embarrass anyone or throw your weight around, but sometimes you've got to do it. And I'll be honest, that environment compared to powerlifting is way more difficult and a lot more intimidating, um, even for somebody like myself. Um, but yeah, I did that. A lot of the other lads bought into that, saw it happen. The, the head coaches loved it because they know that I'm not afraid of mixing it. And yeah, it, it was more from that. But yeah, initially, the, I think their conception was always just a lad that knows how to lift big weights. Um, but once they'd seen the programming that I'd given them and they'd seen that it was more specific to rugby and the stuff that I did with them in the field sessions, especially, uh, I think they quickly realised after a couple of weeks, you know, I, I was there for the right reasons. And I just want to help them get better. I've, there's no ego about my work whatsoever. Like it's not about me; it's about them, um, and that's why I've kept it. Like it's uh, I, I I don't lift in the gym when them guys are lifting. I don't show them videos of me lifting. I, I don't care. A lot of them follow me, and that's fine. And they'll they'll take the piss out of me, saying, "Oh, fucking hell, have you got off that bench yet? You've been on it." <laughs> like every time I go on Instagram, you just bench pressing, and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." Like I do still do it a lot. That's fair. That's fair. And you, you take a lot of stick, you know, in that environment, but you've got to give it back. Um, but yeah, I've been really well received by the club and the coaches, the head coach, especially Stuart. He's, uh, he's a great character, but he's a very, very no-nonsense guy. He's very direct. Um, and he's even been super direct with me on a few occasions in sessions to the point, but I love that. Like, I just respond really well to it. It doesn't, doesn't put me off at all. So we've got off on the right foot. He trusts me to just do what I need to do with him in the gym. He's not yeah. he's not questioned me once on anything that I've been doing. Um, at the end of the day, the way he put it to me is like, your job is to get him fit. My job is to get him better at rugby. You know more about your job than I do. So just go do your job, um, which, you know, a fair play. That's exactly what I've done. And uh, I have yeah, been well received by the players and the coaching staff and I am enjoying it so far. It's, uh, it is a big commitment in terms of like time. Travelling's not too bad, but it's two evenings a week. And once the season kicks off, it'll be a Saturday morning and pretty much my entire day Sunday going to games. So I'm having to balance that with uh, powerlifting coaching and, and everything alongside it. Um, and I'm managing to do it quite well at the moment. It's just going to get busy, which is fine. Um, but I always said I'd, I'd go through it this season and see how much I enjoy it because I, I don't. I'm not obligated to stay. It's still on a on a self-employed basis, so I, I can pick and choose. You know, if if I really didn't want to do it, but I've I've committed to a season, so I, I'm going to see that through. Yeah. Um, and I'll see how it goes. The whole idea of this is to get them promoted to championship this year, and if if they manage that, it looks good for myself. It looks good for the club, uh, and it may lead to more prospects. You know, yeah. uh, career-wise, so it's. You know, it's it benefits everyone, but at the moment, it's something I've I did want to do for quite a while, but I've never been interested in being a full time SNC coach for a sports team or a club. I've always enjoyed personal training, working with my own clients, and working for myself. So it's at the minute, it's slotting in really well with what I do. So I'm enjoying it. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think that's uh, there was there's a couple of good and a, a good story a good story in there as well because I think with that the. Um, one thing that you touched on was obviously the environment and I think uh, powerlifting competitions, what how powerlifting is, um, everybody wants to see each other do well. However, there is some areas where, 
you know, there is a bit of ego, a bit of it, bit, bit of ego there. And what you mentioned, and when you said that all of a sudden that environment completely changed, yeah. sometimes you need to have that, um, just have it out, just just have it there. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's then like, ah, okay, so it's it, everything's fine from there, which I'm a big believer. That's not to say it has to happen, happen all the time, but on occasion, yeah. then all of a sudden that environment changes where everyone everyone gets that gets that buy-in. Um, and re- yeah, re- you know, really good in terms of, you know, they had that they had that misconception, if you like, but um, that knowledge and showing them actually what you know what what you can do, and there's other there's other things that that that, uh, that you can do to help them, um, which is awesome. Uh, quite a lot of topics covered there. A couple of tangents thrown in. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be used to you, you'll be used to this now. But the last question that I like to ask from everything that we've chatted about there, whether it be lifters getting into rugby, rugby players getting stronger, or coaches listening. What would be your take on points or words of wisdom, Dan? So from today, I think, well, you say we've covered an awful lot, um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll go at it from kind of all angles. So if, if you're a powerlifter interested in getting into, you know, other sports or becoming more athletic, uh, I'd always say just be more open about your training approach and don't be scared of doing a bit more fitness, a bit more conditioning and being more well-rounded as an athlete. And remember, you are still an athlete and that's, Something that I try to hammer home to my guys who are powerlifters. I like them to be resilient, to be strong, and to be prepared for most things. Yes, you're training specific, but you still need to look after yourself like you're an athlete. And that's, that's a big one that I think a lot of powerlifters could take away. But I think that is improving. That is generally getting better in the community. I, I do think it is. Um, guys who are thinking of getting into powerlifting from other sports, I would just say do it. Uh, be prepared to get a little bit obsessed with it and get obsessed with numbers and get really nerdy about programming and technique because that is what it becomes about. Um, but again, if you're that type of person and you you very you, you prefer an individual sport, it might be perfect for you. You know, and if you've got a bit of background in other sports, you'll love it. It's uh, the community in general now that's building is is getting better and better. Like you say, it's. There's always environments where it can be intimidating. You'll have clashes with people like, like anything else and like any other sport. But in general, the competitions that I've been to from the start uh, were always welcomed. You know, uh, met a lot of great friends through powerlifting and I do think it's a good thing to be involved in. And I'll continue to coach in powerlifting for the foreseeable regardless because uh, I love it. And I've, I've been there, done it. I may well return. We never know. But um, you had it here first. You had it here first. <laughs> <laughs> my lifters uh, far surpassing anything that I've ever done. So, you know, that's where my focus is. And that's exactly what I want. Seeing them go on and do these ridiculous things is, I absolutely love that. Um, so I'll, I'll continue to do that. But yeah, overall, I'd say just don't be afraid to try either or and mix them. You know, at the end of the day, unless you're at the elite end of the spectrum, there is nothing stopping you from having a go at multiple sports. Definitely. I think that's uh, uh, some really good words of wisdom there. You know, uh, powerlifting, especially strength sports, probably more so, especially, you know, from 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 competing in my uh, powerlifting myself. Powerlifting is always going always gonna to be there. Um, so if you're going to go play rugby because, you know, there's still masters lifters who are still who are still still competing, so you know that that's not going to go anywhere. Um, that's what so, I'm yeah. making my comeback. Masters won IPF champion. Just wait. <laughs> there you go. Um, but no, I think that was uh, some really good words of wisdom. But um, for anyone listening who might have any questions about what we've chatted about today, um, want to see the content that you put out there, or reach out and get in touch with you, where can people find you or reach out to you then? So you can find me on both Facebook and Instagram under Prevail Performance, um, both of the same names, and you will find me straight away on both of those platforms. I'm pretty active on both, but mainly Instagram, and that's where I put the majority of my content. So you will find me on there pretty pretty easily. Awesome. Um, thanks a lot for, uh, for taking the time to jump on. Thanks a lot to everyone listening, and I will see you all next week. <laughs>